Welcome to episode 200 of Tim Talk, the podcast about the DC animated universe co-created by Bruce Tim. I'm Chris Lord. And I'm Cameron Dexter. Is there no bit? I'm not. I'm done. I'm, okay. I'm done with the bits. <laughs> I, was, I, I, was, I slowly weaned us off the bits. And now I'm like, I, I, I was like, what do I do for a bit here? Like make some joke about how Batman's my father. It's a good bit. <laughs> it's not a good bit. It's a good bit. I'll get into why that's not a good bit later. Hey, you're not a clone. I'm not a clone. I'm a son. He's not your papa. <laughs> no, what's, what's, what's Gantu? Not Gantu. Jesus. <laughs> oh my God. You're off to a great. <laughs> oh my God. Great start here. Uh, he, he may have been your, your he may have been your father, but he wasn't your daddy. That's the one, yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I said Papa I when know. I was writing it down because I wrote that joke down in while watching the episode. <laughs> well, great work. Hey, happy two hundred. Happy two hundred. This is actually kind of crazy. It's very weird. It, it's weird on two fronts. One, two hundred episodes, but also the number of times we keep referencing, like, oh, we'll get that when we get to epilogue. We'll get that when we get to epilogue. We're actually now at epilogue. I'm like, wow. It actually happened. Yeah. We actually made it all the way here. Waiting for this episode for so long. Yeah. It, I mean, it, and look, it was great to go back to it. Mm-hmm. It's great. I mean, oh, okay. I have lots of thoughts on this episode. I liked four <clears throat> minutes of it. <laughs> there, there's a lot about this I liked. There's one big thing I really don't like. Um, but yes, it is our 200th episode. Wait, so when he breaks the, the China. It just broke my heart. Yeah. Poor, poor Amanda Waller wanting to keep her tea set together. And we see that Terry's just the worst listener. He's awful. He's uh, horrible in this episode. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Um, but yes, it is our 200th episode. We, we Cameron and I, we, we had a debate as to whether we would like make this a big deal or not. But ultimately we decided since we're going to be done with the show in about eight episodes, it made sense to hold off any sort of like pomp and circumstance well, until the it's, finale. It's mildly more exciting than our normal episode. We're doing That's some true. small things. That's true. We're, we're, we're going to do a few different, a little bit of different things uh, this episode. You know, we, we try and do shake it up a little bit sometimes on our anniversary episodes, um, our milestone episodes. But uh, yeah, like we'll, we'll have like a proper, proper send off when we actually get to the finale here in just a few months. But for, for now, it's just, hey, look at us. We did it. 200 episodes. Hey, yeah. It's an achievement. It, and honestly, it, it honestly is actually. It is pretty cool that we got here. Um, but... I don't know what else to say in terms of preamble. So should we just get into Yeah. How are you doing? How's life? I'm tired, man. Yeah. I'm always tired. You can probably hear it in my voice. It's all right. I got energy <laughs> to spare today. I I had one drink last night. Ah. And I went to bed close to midnight and I woke up this morning being like, oh man, this sucks. <laughs> I don't feel great. I I went out on Thursday. First time going out to like a bar since quarantine. Right, yeah. Uh, to see Rocky Horror, mm-hmm. uh, 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 drag stage production. It was wonderful. But I like I was so excited just to be at a bar again. I'm like, oh, I'll just like drink cocktails for the night. Yeah. I was there for maybe two and a half hours. And I think I had four drinks. And I'm yep. like, oh, right. These are expensive. They're expensive. They're not very good. One of them was good. One of them was good. Yeah, okay. it's called period sex. Okay, then. <laughs> I... I I have very little to contribute to that. That was the Tramp. I mean, it's, you know, it's it's a drag bar. It's Tramp Sam Crannies. Yeah, yeah it makes sense. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, just like it, it's it's not even we haven't even done like proper Halloween yet. And I'm already just like tired and done with it. Mm-hmm. So, well, you know, just turn on some Halloween town. Eh. Get that energy back. Eh. Twitches eh. is also acceptable. Eh. Twitches too. Fan I, of the Megaplex. I did look through the Disney Plus Halloween offerings, and I was like, most of this is garbage. They, I'm, 
confused about what and how they promote certain things because they'll have like two what I would consider classic shows mm-hmm. are our generation shows, which, you know, I'm, I'm excited for, but it's never like, it's not the boy meets world episodes. It's not the, like, um, that's a Raven episodes or the even see like the ones that people will remember. Yeah. It's like the Hannah Montana episode. I'm like, I didn't, I forgot they did a Halloween episode. It wasn't very good. I don't know. I guess cause it's Miley Cyrus. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I, I there, I, none of it's for me. So I, don't worry I am, about it. I'm still very frustrated how every streaming service does Halloween because I don't think anyone does it right. No, I know. Well, none of the streaming services do anything right. Correct. We've talked about this at length. Yes. They but also... I want to talk about it more. No. <laughs> <laughs> that has not changed in our 200th episode, Cameron. I'm not going to let you go on insane tangents about streaming services again. I will find a way. I will just have to cut them out in the edit, which makes more work for me down that, the that line. Is, that is fair. <laughs> All right. And we've done three full episodes that just haven't aired. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, I've cut out a lot of shit over the time. Uh, but all right, shall we go ahead and get into some epilogue here? Let's talk epilogue. All right. So obviously, uh, this is a little epilogue to Justice League Unlimited Season 2. Um, and it was originally designed to be an epilogue to the entire series, mm-hmm. entire universe, in fact. Um, but it only. I'm glad it wasn't. Yeah. Again, I have thoughts. Okay. I have thoughts. Um, but this one is set 65 years into the future when a, I think we can call him fully grown adult, Terry McGinnis, uh, discovers that, oh my God, the big spoiler, Bruce Wayne is his biological father. So he seeks out answers from Amanda Waller, who explains to Terry why the world needs Batman. So where to begin with this? Uh, 65 years from now. Yeah, okay. I, I could try and figure out how... Or we can probably say, like, 40 years from now. It does literally say 65 years from now. Well, no, because when Amanda Waller makes that great joke, and she's like, Batman left his DNA all over the town. But not in that way. <laughs> not in that way, yeah. Because I even paused it before she said that. Yeah. I'm like, oh, Batman. Oh, not, Bruce. Not remotely what I meant. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also true on both fronts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, so... Okay, where well, I guess let's talk about the episode itself and let's talk about what works, what doesn't, and whether this should have been the actual ending of the whole universe or not, shall we? Okay. All right. So, yeah, basically it starts out with Terry not in his Batman uniform as an adult with a terrible haircut. Oh, he's horrible right now. Can we start? Can we start off? First thing I want to point out, why does everyone have a terrible haircut in this future? Like, Terry's hair is bad. It's got, like, it's almost a mullet. With real long, like, 1970s-style sideburns. Mm-hmm. It's bad. Yes. Dana's is worse. Yes. So what I think it is, is, like, when you when you deal with future stuff, especially with in film and in, in television and animation, you, you're so used to the idea of, like, things will be recycled at some point. Right. Through, through fashion and look, where you kind of just guess about, like, maybe that'll come back. I mean, we had a mullet come back for, like, a year. I, I ignored it entirely. Yeah. I mean, the middle part is still back. From, from the 90s. I feel like right. all 90s trends are having a huge yeah. resurgence right now. I, I think things come back around in like roughly 30, 25, 30 year cycles. Yeah. And so we're going through the bad hair of the late 80s, early 90s in, in this moment. Oh, I'm... I'm, I'm of, in the show, not in real life, but also kind of in real life. No, in real life, we absolutely are. Yeah. yeah. The, the mid part's back. Hair drapes are back. Mm-hmm. Um, I discovered recently, because my hair is the longest it's ever been, and I, of course, go for a side part, but like if I like stand up quickly or whatever, like it just falls to either side to get on full hair drapes and i looked at myself in the mirror recently and i looked just like the nicholas cage my hair is a bird meme good that's good (laughs) 
it was pretty fantastic. I mean, you you could pull off an Eric from Boy Meets World for Halloween. I could. I mean, I I, I have the hair for it at this yeah. point now, but I, I have better plans for my Halloween yes, hair. Yes, you do. So. And then we'll decide if I want to keep dealing with this. It's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. It's very high maintenance. Uh, yeah, everyone in this episode looks bad. Well, I mean, okay. And I, I, can, I can forgive Bruce because he's 172. Yeah, and, and Amanda as well. Yeah. And Waller as well. They're, like, they're, they're both old, so that's kind of forgivable. But yeah, like, something about Terry looks weird when he's now this age. I don't know what it is. I don't know if because they try to, like... Is it that his face is too small for his head? That's a good idea. I mean, if he is supposed to be Bruce's clone slash son, yeah, I feel like he should look more like Bruce. I, I think that's it. I feel like they tried to kind of make him look more like Bruce from his original design, but he doesn't look like Terry when he was in the series. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get that he would get kind of beefier and now he's got more of like classic Batman builds. Um, he's like a lean 16, 17, 18 year old, whatever he was last time we saw him, but I do also just kind of feel like he he looks weird. Okay, so when was the last time we saw Bruce, not Batman? I mean, was it, it in? <clears throat> yeah, uh, it would have been Starcrossed. The, no, it would have been. Oh, like Bruce Wayne? Yes. Um. Well, no, we did see him without his cowl on when uh, he's when he's recovering in the hospital from from Shazam. Sorry, Captain Marvel. Whatever. Um. Was that that episode? Yes. Sure. No? I don't remember. Around then. Yeah, I mm-hmm. don't. Okay, so a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So relatively recently, I mean, he had me like a head bandage on and stuff. But. So if, because I'm trying to think of like, if they wanted to do some kind of dramatic reveal, I don't think Batman's feature or Bruce's features are impactful enough or like if they kept Terry in shadow mm-hmm. the whole time. And then when he finally like is talking to Waller and he walks out of shadow and it's just Bruce's face. I don't think I would have recognized it. No, yeah, the, I, I think they were trying to go for somewhere kind of in the middle, and it just it, to me it just doesn't quite work. He just looks off. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it doesn't quite work. But and like Dana basically looks he's the same. He's still trying to find himself. He's just discovering who he is. Well, yeah. literally, he is discovering who he is. Um. And Dana looks basically the same, but she has this this horrible, horrible haircut. I, I'm trying to think of even a, a comparison point for it. It's the worst Zoe Deschanel. From which. When did you have that haircut? Just in general. Because it's like, it's front bangs, deep front bangs. Yeah. And then like a bad pixie. Yeah. It's, it's so like it's a, the it's, worst it's like, version of Zoe Deschanel. It's like a pixie cut above the ear. Yeah. Yeah. She looks like a mushroom. Mm-hmm. It looks terrible. Yeah. It's the future. I, I mean, look, the future does keep getting worse. So I can't really judge too much on this. But yeah. So Terry, the Terry's look doesn't, doesn't just quite work there. Um, which is interesting because like no one else... Oh, I guess, no, they, they did age up Green Lantern a little bit. He's not a kid. He's more now like a like late teens, mm-hmm. I would say. But like Aqua Girl looks the same. So I don't know. The, the, some of the looks didn't quite really work for me. But he's there. He's talking to Waller because, as he points out, like he recently. Well, we ultimately the, the pieces we get in all of this is that he recently Bruce needed like a kidney transplant. So they did a test on him. They discovered it was like an exact match. So he did a DNA test and discovered that he's bruce's like actual biological son so yeah, but bruce also said it's 101 to 1 odds 111 100, yes 111, yeah, 111 to, to 1 odds which isn't this absurd is, odds. Is, isn't that yeah isn't that that yeah, crazy that's you and one other person in a room typically that's Maybe. not crazy odds yeah so that that didn't quite work now it it the episode is kind of interesting structure to it because 
there's the main storyline is playing out like in real time in full color animation. And then we have these um, black and white segments, which up until today, I thought were flashbacks. And only today did I realize they're fantasy sequences. Oh, are they? Yes. So that is Terry thinking through what he would want to say to Bruce, how he would want to confront Bruce about being his kid, how he would want to quit the league, how he would feel compelled to break up with Dana because it's too dangerous to be around him. Cause he's decided like he doesn't want to be Batman anymore. Cause he feels now like he was fated to do this and he's trapped in this. And it, today was the first time I realized that those aren't flashbacks. Got it. It makes a lot more sense. It that. does make more sense that it, way. It, I actually, when I realized that it was at the very end, I ended up rewatching the episode with that in mind. Like, oh, this does actually make a lot more sense then. Because there's like, there's little visual cues to indicate that's the way it goes. Like, so for example, when there's the, the fantasy sequence where Terry goes to confront Bruce and he literally smashes through the grandfather clock. At the very end, when it's back in color, the grandfather clock is fixed. Yes. Or he breaks up with Dana, but when he calls her, it's just like, She's not like, why are you calling me? We just broke up. Yeah, he's still on for this it's, Friday. Yeah, it's like a normal kind of like casual conversation. Those are like little clues that indicate that that's him thinking about what he would want to do. Okay. Which, I, I do like that better. Yeah, which makes more sense because there is an actual flashback in this too when yeah. Waller tells her story that's also in color. So that's how they did that visual cue to kind of indicate the difference. Which also makes more sense because even how Bruce is Old, old Bruce, like old, old man Bruce, not yes. Batman be old, old man Bruce, but like probably like months away from his deathbed, old Bruce. Yeah. The way he's characterized in that black and white fantasy sequence is that he is like cold, really cold, yeah, emotionless and heartless and emotionless. And he's like, it was the mission. The world it, always needs a Batman. Yeah, it's always been the mission. Right. And then when we actually see him at the very end, like he's actually He's just a grumpy dad. He's just grumpy, but yeah, but he's not Eat being your a, soup. Yeah, he's no, not being dad. dick. Like he's like, you're in my chair, and he gets up, and it's like, you know, I wish you had called. I made you soup. Like he went out of his way to do something nice for Terry. He's portrayed much softer there, and yeah. that actually makes a lot more sense. And you realize that that the black and white sequence is how Terry sees Bruce when he's thinking of him at his worst. Okay, I, I, I will, I will forgive the episode more for that. <laughs> It makes a little bit more sense in that structure. Yes. Um, but w when Terry goes to confront Waller, he's like, you know, clearly the technology that was used to, like, rewrite my dad's DNA was from Cadmus. So you must know about it. It's like, did you give it to Bruce? He's like, no, I did it. <gasps> bum, bum, bum. Waller. I mean, of course she did it. Of course she did it. Yeah. yeah she's always been team clone. Right. And so her whole thing was that obviously they started out as enemies, her and her and Batman, but over time she came to like appreciate and even respect him and realize that there was no one like him. As she puts it, like she met a lot of incredible people while she was the, li the government liaison with the league. Yeah, so which I thought was a, a, that's a line I didn't remember. And yeah. Like, that's huge to have like that turnaround. It is. And it's a nice little nod there to show like how that interaction progresses, like that she does warm up to them and, and start to appreciate them for what they are. And Batman in particular, because, you know, as she puts it, like, she's seen all these crazy things, but no one was able to do what anyone else did with just, like, their wit and their body the way that... And wallet. And wallet, yeah, yeah the way that she, Batman she didn't does. bring up wallet. He didn't say it, as, but as, she should, as much as she should have. Heavily bled. Yeah. So she's like, the world does need a Batman. So then she decided to start, and this is where the it starts to lose it for me, mm -hmm. Project Batman Beyond. Yep, I hated that. I hated that. <laughs> I hated it. 
so the whole idea. What would you name it? We'll, we'll go to that. Is uh, there is because I I don't I, know if there's a better name. There, I, the thing is, there's not a better name, but it's such a bad name. It's still dumb. You can't do Batman Inc. Right, it hasn't existed yet. It hasn't existed yet. Yeah, so I I get why they chose that, but I'm just like, this is stupid. <sighs> but Project Man Bat. <laughs> oh my god. But so the whole idea was basically like. They need a new Batman. So they did a psych profile on a bunch of like couples in Gotham. And they found like Warren and Mary McGinnis who like their psych profile very closely matched Thomas and Martha Wayne. So Warren went in for what he thought was a flu shot, but it was actually like a, a Cadmus tech, Cadmus nanotech that rewrote his reproductive DNA to be Bruce's. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that topical right now? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> That's what everyone think is happening. Yeah. So then a year later, like Terry's born and it's obviously like the son of Bruce Wayne and Mary McGinnis to no one's knowledge. And then the further plan was like, you know, it's not just genes alone. Tragedy also evolves. So then Waller hires and this part. I did like phantasm mm-hmm. to come and kill the parents. And she's like, I can't do that. Bruce would never resort to murder. All the things he's done, you wouldn't do that. And so then it just by fate alone, Warren ends up dying anyways, and he becomes Batman. So, what? Okay, before, let's talk about the things that do work in this. Okay. I think the main thing being the story Waller tells Terry to get a slightly different perspective on Batman, because he says he'll he'll go, once he's set on a mission, he will do whatever it takes to get it accomplished. There's no stopping him. She's like, well, you don't really know him then. So she tells this story, and and I know this is very important to you, Cameron. So I'm gonna let you retell the story of of Ace. Oh man, it 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 hurts. It always hurts to watch. Yeah, but it's so good. It is really good. Um, we flash back to our present day Justice League, 2005 yes. Justice League ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and they're being tormented by this now super group of uh, Royal Flesh Gang. Mm-hmm. They are all bizarre creatures. Uh, so on that real quick, they are all actually modeled off of other things. Do you want to know what they're all modeled off of? Uh, you, King can you guess? is Modoc. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, named after Jack the King Kirby. Oh, so they're that's all good. they're all play on. Oh, they're all play dang. on the character like the 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 royal flush names. They're all play on. So he's Jack the King Kirby. Can you guess the other ones based on what we see? Queen looked like Big Barda, but I couldn't I couldn't get further than that. So. Ace has now is supposed to warp reality. So yes. the, once, so we eventually come to realize that the Royal Flush Gang are just normal people, and their their Royal Flush personas disappear. Did you catch what happens to the Queen when the persona disappears? It's a guy, right? So it's a drag queen. Yes. Got it. Okay. Yep. Got it. Easy. All right. All right. Uh, Jack was not Silver Samurai. You're close though. Think about it. Think J- about think about another think about another cartoon character voiced by Phil Lamar. Uh, Samurai Jack. He's Samurai Jack. Oh, I love that. And when the illusion goes away, that character is drawn to look like Phil Lamar. Oh, that's so good. Mm-hmm. And then this one is a little bit before our time, but 10. 10. I'm trying to remember what 10 looked like. 10. So you're not going to get it because I didn't get it until well, I looked me, it up. Let me just remember what she looked like. 10's in a white swimsuit and like blonde cornrows. And she's modeled oh, after yeah, yeah, yeah. Bo Derek in the mm-hmm. movie 10. Oh, that's good. So this is all pretty. Those are clever little things they threw in there. I like that. Which was that, which was, was like, kind of fun. That's a fun writers' room day. It is. That must have been a lot of fun for them yeah. to figure out. So, but yeah, that's my quick little interlude there on on the this version of the Royal Flush Gang. Which it's funny because Waller makes some comments. She's like, "Oh, I don't know. It was like the second or third iteration. Who can count?" Yeah. And like chronologically, it's the second iteration, but it's the third because we met the, the future, original future ones. Gang, yeah. yeah. In in Batman Beyond. So. 
Uh, and so Waller gives Batman this device that will do something to Ace well, that will end up killing her. So what's happened is her power. So this all this is playing out inside this like very kind of Alice in Wonderland, Sleeping Beauty kind of fantasy imagery inside of a normal city. Yeah. So Batman still thinks that Ace's powers are to cause hallucinations. And Waller says, no, her powers has evolved. She now has the ability to warp reality. Mm-hmm. And she is days or possibly hours away from a, a massive brain aneurysm that will kill her, but also the psychic backlash from that will be so substantial as to kill anyone within her like mental radius, which is miles and presumably also leave the distortions to reality intact. Yeah. And she says the only way to stop her is to kill her. Yes. And he is some device. Thank you. I'm glad that I get to tell this story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing a great job, honey. You're doing a great. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, and so Batman takes the responsibility responsibility on himself. Like if anyone's going to do this, I have the most history with Ace. Mm-hmm. I have to be the one that that pulls the trigger. Yeah. So he gets through the the Court of Thorns, makes it through the castle. So like, yeah, very very Maleficent style mm-hmm. castle. Um, sees Ace on a swing set, and she knows immediately. Like you're not here to kill me. You wouldn't do that. I know. I can read your mind yeah. that you're not going to use her device. And then I'm going to die very soon. Will you stay with me? It's really touching because she tells the story about how when she was a kid, like it was, there was all these tests. Like, can you move your mind, Ace? Can you do this, Ace? And, you know, she puts it like she lost her childhood. And Batman says, I know what that's like. Mm -hmm. And so she just asks, will you like just sit with me until it's done? He sits on the swing and, and holds her hand. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the Batman we always want, but yeah. we're never going to see in theaters. No, it, and it's absolutely true. And, and to be fair, like that moment fits into this universe still, but even feels special amongst this universe, even given how much time we spent with Batman. Like this is a particularly heartfelt touching moment he has. Yeah. And one can make the argument. Maybe the only reason he does it is because he knows the kid's going to die. So you can't tell anyone how nice he was. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, because my immediate thought was like, oh, yeah, this is the Batman that sang to save Wonder Woman. Yeah. Because no one else was there no to one would see know. it. Yeah, you notice he's never this way to any of his kids adopted or, or otherwise. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, like, look, it is it is one of the most heartfelt, emotionally impactful moments in all of the DCAU. Yeah, and then him walking out holding her La Pieta style. Yeah. You know, you get, everyone needs a good La Pieta reference. You always need it in there somewhere. Uh, but, but look, I mean, like th- this, this always gets to me. It got to me. Like I, I would like full on teared up, not just like one single, like lone bro tear off the side, like both, both eyes, mm-hmm. good stream coming down both sides. Um, I mean, it is, it is a really just sweet, emotional moment. Yeah, it, it is. It is. You know, Waller makes the point of like, no one cares about people as much as Batman. Yeah. And we've seen the ups and downs of that over the past five years. Right. Of Bruce brutally beating <laughs> just kind of henchmen that maybe don't deserve it. Yeah. But then also doing everything he can to to help these people who've had tragedy strike them. Yeah. Live as normal life as they can. Right. And and I think I think this might be the only real mainstream version of Batman outside of maybe the Adam West version. I think you maybe can give him credit for this as well, where you can actually see evidence of him really caring about mankind. You know, it's like, I don't, I, I'm pretty sure we can say that is not true of uh, Ben Affleck's Batman. Nope. 
Hey, um, he, he he saved that little girl, kind of, when they were running away from the building. Oh, va- oh, that's right. Yeah, I guess she did. Yeah, I guess he did. But like, to your point, but really, but she was running away, and he stopped her from running away. That's true. So uh, if anything, he kept her in the danger zone. Skeptical. It's very skeptical. But like. To your point, we have seen this version of Batman, this version of Bruce, go out of his way. This is the version of Bruce that also like does so much charity work. This is the version of Bruce that has given jobs to former criminals, to former henchmen, to try and help rehabilitate them. This is the one who like really tries to save Harvey and bring him back, who's trying to like bring Catwoman away from the darker side towards the light. Same with Talia. Like he, this Batman actually does really care about you know, it's why it puts it like his, his fellow man more than anyone else, but his methods don't necessarily show that all the time. A lot of that real heartfelt work is done in very subtle ways that a lot of people, not even those closest to him would really see Yeah, or off screen. Yeah, ex- exactly. So you can understand where like, there's probably only maybe like maybe realistically two people that ever really saw that. And it was Waller and Alfred. I would say, um, Who's the doctor that he spends Oh, it's Leslie on? Tompkins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Leslie would know. I think Leslie can throw in there. And I, I think he and Clark have a long enough relationship together. And I think Clark sees through that enough to maybe see this. Maybe Clark, maybe, like, okay, maybe a handful. Maybe Wonder Woman, too. Mm-hmm. I think his, yeah, his, Wonder Woman for sure. Yeah, I think his relationships with his his bat kids are all too fucked up for them to really see that. Yeah, and yeah, because now, now that that's a fantasy sequence, when Batman says the line of, like, they were never strong enough to stick with the mission. Yeah. That that is Terry projecting his own insecurities into the scene. Yeah. So it does make a lot more sense from that perspective. So like, I mean, I think obviously that piece is one of the best scenes in all of in all of the DCU. I think that works really well. I think the very final sequence of this of Terry in in real like the actual real scene of teen of Terry talking with Bruce, I think it actually works pretty well there. Mm-hmm. You know, again we mentioned that Bruce has made soup for him, and Terry's like, you know, and. Terry's like, oh, you're worried about me? He's like, no, I was worried about Gotham. He's like, don't worry, I've got this. You know, I've always got this. Dad. Yeah. It, it, that like, fun. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like, you know, just like my old man. It's a little. Uh, that, was, that was too far. It's a little on the nose, but I think it redeems itself by then doing a Batman Beyondified version of the original BTOS theme playing over like a shadow of him flying through the sky as an homage to the very beginning of yeah, On Leather I, Wings. I rewatched the scene just to make sure it was it was yeah. one for one. Yeah. And, I, and I, if I recall, I think even in that episode too, it's Kevin Conroy voicing the cop, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like that, I mean, so that's the thing is in a lot of ways, this is kind of the perfect bookend to BTOS. Like there's so many things this episode does well. It does bring back Andrea, I mean, it's it's a real bummer to see that she never stayed off her path of vengeance and she just became a, a hired killer. Mm-hmm. And she continued to be a hired killer for like 50 years. Like, that's really sad, but it, it kind of fits that character in a lot of ways. So we get a little bit moment there. You know, again, like the, the little visual nod to the On the Wings at the very end. We get a wrap up to kind of the friction between Waller and Bruce um, you know, we, we get, even if it's in a fantasy sequence, we get, you know, brief little me- moment with the, um, beyond version of the justice league there, which does show that in the end, green lantern and Hawkeye or Hawk girl do end up together. Yep. They do have a kid. So, you know, and it, it does also actually kind of give proper closure to Batman beyond, which we've talked about. Never really got that. I mean, the best thing that came out of Batman beyond was hands down return of the Joker, but that's not really a finale to that show. And even yeah. the series finale that we got, 
kind of works that idea of like him deciding he can never tell Dana who he is because of the, the, the kid being put in danger by knowing his face. But, you know, obviously that ultimately he, he wavers from that. Cause I think even if that's a fantasy sequence where he's talking with Dana and she acknowledges that he knows that he's Batman, I think we can assume that she actually does know in real life now at this point. Yeah. You, you have to, I think been dating so. for 15 years. Yeah. I, I, so I think that part's there. So it, it does work. Oh, so we know that. So he, they started dating when he was a sophomore. Yes. I think he's like 31. I think he's like 30, 31 in this. Yeah. So yeah, that, that, that'd be about 50 that chronology makes sense. I think, I think beyond was supposed to be approximately 50 years in the future. And this is about 15 years beyond that. So mm-hmm. it, it mostly works. <sighs> okay. Cause it, cause I was trying to think if we didn't need the Batman beyond tie in wrap up aspect, the way I, cause I, I love the flat. I love it centering on, centering around Waller. Mm-hmm. I think that's very important. I think I would have rather had this bit be about her applying for the job as the liaison. I mean, to be honest, that sounds so boring. But no, you still get her perspective on the stories, though. So I think you give her two stories to tell about, like, why, you know, like, because of your past, why would you ever want to work with the Justice League? Yeah. Like, well, here's a part where, like, we work together and did something, and here's a part where, like, they proved that they're here for the everyday person. And then you give the ace story. Yeah. I, uh, I get where you're going with that. On and that. Then, then it I, flips I, and you realize the person she's talking to is Terry's dad. Yeah. I, I think that would have just been a little bit boring to be honest. Like, okay. So my, like my biggest issue in all this is actually just the fact that Bruce is revealed to be Terry's dad. Right. And I know that that was an idea that was pulled from uh, an unproduced Batman Beyond movie. So this was an idea that existed long, long back. I mean, given the fact that Terry looks nothing like either of his parents, we could assume that maybe this was always an idea from the very beginning. I don't know. I just think it's really fucking stupid. He also doesn't look like Bruce. Well, he doesn't look like Bruce, (laughs) but I I think this idea is really fucking stupid. Like, I know I've used this phrase before, but we can believe the impossible, but not the improbable. So the classic example I always use is in uh, Spider-Man three. Like we can totally believe that like an alien symbiote would crash to earth, but the fact that it lands next to the one person in this entire universe has superpowers is kind of ridiculous. Or the fact that the guy who may have killed uncle Ben happens to fall into like an, an accelerator and become Sandman. Like, you can believe, like again, you can believe like Superman can fly, but you have to feel like the whole rest of the world holds a little bit of credulity. And this is where it falls apart for me because if Terry becomes Batman on accident, which is how it plays out, then that makes sense. But it's very weird that he was designed to be Batman and then became Batman by accident. And, right. and they kind of try and write it off him like, oh, Waller says the thing about like the Lord works in mysterious ways, like. And it's sort of this idea of like, oh, maybe you were fated to be Batman, but also you get to choose your own fate. And I, there's a great thematic idea there. And I get that by doing this reveal about Terry being Bruce's son, it adds a little bit more emotional heft to the whole thing. It becomes a much more substantial and emotionally focused catalyst for him to want to make these decisions, to break up with Dana and to quit being Batman and quit the league and break it off with Bruce. I think you could still do a version of this that doesn't have that reveal. The question then becomes, why would you have Waller there in the first place? Because it's her technology and and all this other stuff. But just like that, I've always hated that idea. Okay, so what if, I mean, I think think the episode would still work if you take out the parental aspect of it. Yeah. Where it's Terry at his breaking point. 
Yeah. Like, he isn't the Batman that Bruce wants him to be. And that's kind of a theme we saw all through Batman Beyond. It was like, yeah. he was never, like, he was always almost there. And, you know, he can't talk to Clark about it. He can't talk to anyone in the league about it. He's like, who's the only other person that knows Bruce the way that I know Bruce? Amanda Waller. Oh, he goes okay. to her, yeah. And you can even give the same sequence of, like, you know, we did the test to see, like, who could be the next Batman. Yeah. And, like, we were going to kill your parents. No, I don't make don't add any aspect of like I, I think that doesn't work either. I think as soon as you tee up the idea that Terry was supposed was to be fated. Batman by any way other than accident, like if there was any indication that Terry was supposed to be Batman before the events of Rebirth, the whole thing just collapses for me in terms of making story sense. What if this is a little darker at alleyway, specifically alleyway? What if they tried to do it with another kid and it didn't work? Uh, and so they're like, yeah, we, we wanted to make like the world always needs a Batman and I was going to do it on my, like if Bruce wasn't gonna do it, I was going to do it. Yeah. And so I hired a killer to kill these parents in an alleyway and we were going to foster this kid to be the next Batman and it didn't work. That I would actually be kind of intrigued by. Like if, if, if we think if Terry, like if that, that happened, like that's cold blood murder. Right. Like, and if, if the same thing kind of plays out of like, Terry sees this like genetic match is like, and he realizes like the only person who makes this happen is Waller. Like, did you do this? She's like, no, like, look, I always said the world needed a Batman. We did set this in motion. Like we did pick a family. We did pick a kid and we were going to kill this kid's family. And we realized like, this is too far. And basically just imply like, there's a kid out there somewhere like bruce has a kid out there somewhere but like that kid is happy with his family and he's like lived a normal life and she's like but sometimes you know fate intervenes and it ended up being you and like it was never meant to be you but end up being you and you could decide whether you want to do it or not i think that works. i like that a lot better because then you also get the the parallel flip of like we finally get to see a storyline and even like you can have waller like watching the family yeah like we finally get to see what would happen if batman was happy yeah, actually, yeah, that's true. It's like, mm-hmm. we, yeah, we realize like, as much as the world needs a Batman, it like that kid needed a happy life more than the world needed a Batman. Yeah, like tragedy and circumstance gave us Batman, but we can't engineer that. We can't ruin someone's life to make it happen. And, and unfortunately, it being you mm-hmm. and the world's better off. But yeah, I I, th- I think that works a lot. I like better. that a lot better. Yeah, I've always just found this idea so dumb that it just feels like a really really ham-fisted retcon Mm -hmm. that i i've like there's so much with this episode i really really like and i actually do again we'll get to it i guess when we get to the actual proper finale of the whole series but having just watched the end of the cadmus arc in this episode i my gut tells me this is actually a really good stopping point and not to say that i'm not glad we got one more season because a lot of good stuff in it but like this all caps off really well but and there's beautiful moments in this episode but that idea is so fucking stupid i've always hated it so so much. Yeah. And in like in the first fantasy sequence, uh, when Terry's kind of talking about talking with Bruce about like all the stuff with my dad was not real. Yeah. Like as someone with a stepdad, like it's Yeah. That's very kind of bad writing. Like I understand the like the mindset he's in and he, you know, he's he's in kind of this turmoil. But like that's never how the situation is. Like I get like he was still a father figure. 
I'm. I, I mean, to be fair, I, I've never had a step parent, so I I, mm-hmm. I don't have that same oh, perspective. Oh, look at me! I have a functioning what, are family. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> My God! <laughs> what, what the fuck is this? Where's all this shit coming from? Yeah, you should feel guilty about your happiness. <laughs> I always do. But what I was getting to is, I, I guess, like, not having that perspective, to be fair, like, my defense of that is, again, it's in his head. Mm-hmm. So it's his most extreme reaction. And I can kind of understand, have that feeling of, like, if if he, if he, re, if he, he's discovered that his life was designed by someone else to put him where he is now. And that idea of, is Batman being batman like an honor or a curse is real it would be it was real in the series long before this idea ever started to manifest about him being bruce's son so i can understand like him not necessarily being super thrilled with being up in this position being very emotionally conflicted about being in this position of being batman and having probably a great appreciation for it but also like a deep regret and pain about it and to realize that someone else designed him to be in that situation it would make it feel like everything about his life had been a lie. Mm-hmm. And especially for him, the fact that his dad's death was what drove him to do this in the first place to make it feel like that was engineered to some degree would make it all feel really, really cheap. And I can understand like, and his most emotionally heightened, the least rational that that's how he would maybe process it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can see that perspective. Yeah. I mean, but again, like it is a little bit weird. Like he kind of does this like really, quick about face at the very end is like now he's just like i guess it's totally fine that bruce wayne's my dad daddy i hate it so much yeah it it, it just it's kind of a shame in some ways like, look i still think this is an excellent episode you know what it should be what it should be alfred's kid <laughs> they took the wrong dna wrong dna whoops it's like oh no wonder you're so good at cleaning yeah yeah just mm, i don't know i mean do you okay as as we've talked through this, do you? How is your feeling on the episode overall? Now that we've kind of talked through it a little bit more, like better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I still think it's not perfect. Mm-hmm. I still kind of feel like I'd be okay not watching this episode. Oh, okay. Ooh, oh, that's interesting. Because short list. Yeah, I uh, I gotta think about that a little bit. Um. Yeah, but like the ace story, though, that's the problem. See, uh, I it's like the ace brings it from to me like a six and a half to a nine. Let, let's just do this now before we get to our short list. OK, I think I'm going to keep it on my short list. Um, I think I look, I really, really hate the Bruce is my father plot point, but there's a lot of other things about this episode I really like. I like that it does actually close off an ending to things that were never closed off. I think Mask the Phantasm and just Batman Beyond being the two real big ones here. Um, the Ace storyline is so impactful mm-hmm. and so heartfelt. Um, I I keep it. Even, even if I hate the whole plot that it's built around there's enough here for me to want to keep it i will agree i i will i will get off my throne <laughs> uh to of, of passing judgment i think if this were part of any other season or any other show we mm-hmm. would have kept it yeah and i think because 
the Katniss arc was so good and yeah. our bar is so high, I'm being too critical. But I think your criticism is also fair, though. And, and, and well, and also, like, I'm glad you say that. But at the end of the day, if I had to, I would have thrown down the canonically critical card. Because <laughs> it is. Like, the thing is, it is inescapably canon, for better or worse. Yes, but in, in this canon, what, from the rest of the show, what happens out of it? I suppose nothing. But that, that's that's my thing. Yeah, but, I mean, you can cut. I don't think it, you can call it canon, but it's yeah. not necessary canon. But I also feel like this episode is one of the most talked about episodes in the entire universe, partly because of, uh, I guess we can call it like the controversy around. Yeah, because it's so divisive. Yeah. The, the, so I, I feel like you can't just throw it out. It's It's not forgettable is the problem. Mm-hmm. Which a lot of the episodes we cut out is just like they're just forgettable. They're either bad episodes or they don't matter. Unfortunately, I'm not even saying unfortunately. Like no matter what, for better or worse, this episode matters. I mean, you, you've already won. I I mean, you don't need to sell it anymore. <laughs> like, at this point, gotta, I'm just finding more more ammunition to I fight just against it. Could just put every single nail in that coffin I possibly can. Um, all right. I mean, yeah. I I still really like this episode. I think the but, other reason is like Terry is such a bad person in this episode. There, there's that moment that just like really irks me after he breaks the china, uh, where it's him and like him and Waller having two totally separate conversations. Yeah. And Waller is just a woman who just like wants to talk to somebody. No, I know. And he's just like in his own fucking fantasy world. I, uh, my, my, like, I mean, I feel like most of his, that's kind of his worst moment, but a lot of his bad moments are in the fantasies where it's, it's his own head. And we tend to have a, a pretty negative attitude towards ourselves and our own on our own minds. I, again, I'm going to give him a bit of a pass on that one. It's a dick move. I'm not denying that. Yeah. I'm going to give him a bit of a pass of just being like, when you are processing a really intense form of emotional trauma, you are not thinking about the people of the world around you very clearly. Like, I don't know. There wouldn't be much to pull him out of, his own mental anguish to get him to realize what's happening in the real world. And I'll acknowledge the scene plays out in a kind of weird, like stilted kind of way, but I, I'm going to give him a pass that he's just not in a good headspace right now. So I suppose if I must. Yeah. I I'm trying to find for, for my, my silence for a moment when Ted and Ted Lasso approaches um, in season one, when he, when he discovers that, uh, what's her name has been setting him up to fail this whole time. Rebecca. Rebecca. Thank you. I'm so sorry. Rebecca. Yeah. Um, when he learns that and he just kind of gives her a hug and he's like, look, we are broken right now yeah. because of other people. And I can't judge you on your actions when you're not fully there. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what's happening in that, in that yeah. scene. She does just want, you know, a, a, a handsome gentleman caller. Yes. Don't we all? Yeah. Um, but Yeah. He's 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 got he's got some shit to process in that moment. I'll give him a bit of a pass. Yeah, that's yeah. Fine. Fine. <laughs> All right. Any other thoughts on this? Or should we move on to I guess what should we do our short list next? I mean, I guess so. Okay. <laughs> it's not really a short list. No, it's not. All right. So let's get into our Justice League Unlimited season two 
quote unquote short. This feels like a waste list. of time, really. Let's let's just let's just double check here because I, I suspect it's probably gonna happen. It's the same thing that happened last time. So we're gonna have one question. We're just I think we're just we just want to keep the whole well, thing. We have one question. Yeah. He's he's good. He's a good character. All right. So let's just run through them one by one and just double check. But I'm pretty sure we're just gonna end up keeping all of it. But let's start off from the top here. The cat and the canary. Of course. Keep it. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. You you you're I, not as warm on it as I am. I have issues. Yep. It stays. It's great. Uh, the ties that bind. So this is the Scott Free episode. Oh yeah, yeah, agreed. Yeah, so good. Yep. Um, the Doomsday that sets up stuff for next season. It does, in fact. Yeah, mm-hmm. the Doomsday Sanction, keeping it. Oh my god, yeah. It's a part of the Cadmus arc, as is Task Force X. The best episode. Um. Oh, here we go. The balance. Is this Tala? Yes. I believe Tala comes back next season. Does she? Okay. I mean, uh, this would be the one that I kind of like what was our one episode last last one was hawk, hawk and dove. dove this is one episode I'm like it doesn't really matter in the long scheme of things i mean i suppose there's some pretty important plot points we do learn we just we may learn the true origin of diana's parentage she gets her golden la- well, her lasso canal make people tell the truth we get some res- more golden it gets more golden we get some resolution to her and shayir their conflict it's one that in other circumstances, I would maybe say Nyx, but I'd say that if we get to the end and realize everything else is staying, which I'm pretty sure it will, I think we just end up keeping it. Yeah. Did you see um, Jason Sudeikis tweeted out a costume he wanted to see this year for Halloween? No. Was Ted Lasso of Truth? That's amazing. That's good. It's fucking brilliant. I, I really wanted to do that this year. You should have done it. It's good. All right. So after the balance, we have Double Date. Oh, yeah. 100% that's staying in. Clash absolutely what's that one again captain marvel yeah yep yeah, yeah yeah okay here's another one hunter's moon so this is the one where shaira vixen and vigilante oh, yeah i i i'm going to say yes we don't need look, to see the growth between vixen and shaira I, look in the same way in the same way that like to your point about epilogue like nothing else that happens after this matters so it doesn't necessarily have to keep here to fulfill for the plot points. I think the same could be said about both doubled, uh, no, not double date, the balance and Hunter's moon. But I think uh, I kind of like the little bits of resolution we get all through this. I think the story we wrote for this episode, where it is John dealing with the mental stress yeah. and anguish of seeing the future and understand and having to fight. To yeah. Make, do I, have to make this come true or can right. I change it or is it possible to change it? So uh, just, uh, well, let's just jump forward a little bit here because after that, we then get the four part Cadmus finale. So question authority, flashpoint, panic in the sky, divide, we fall and epilogue. Mm-hmm. I am going to throw out like we did last season. I think for the sake of convenience, you just include the whole season. Yeah, I, I don't think you're really missing out. Like, I don't think it's a waste of time to say, watch the balance and Hunter's moon. In the way that, like, there's some seasons where, like, don't bother with this. It's awful. They're not bad episodes. They just pale in comparison to how good the other ones around them are. Yeah, and I, I think with that mentality, I think you kind of do need these to show how good the rest of them are. Yeah. And, yeah. I, I don't think you'd understand the scale. If, you, if you're if you only watching 10s, you won't understand that they're 10s. That's fair. Yeah, you need you need a, a good 7 there for comparison's sake. Yeah. So. That's why I'm around. Yeah. <laughs> So, I, I mean, I, I think, like we did last time, I think the entirety of Just League Unlimited Season 2 is a keeper. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's just great. Yeah. It's all great. 
All right, well, that does that. So we're doing additional little bonus segments here because it is episode 200 and mm-hmm. we did plan it to have only one episode <laughs> in this podcast episode. Uh, we were trying to figure out what to do because, you know, one of the things that we've been doing all along here, which I can't say if it's unique to us or not, but it's very much part of our show, is our short list. So we do have an existing short list for every season of every show that we've covered so far. We debated just picking our favorite from each season that's too and much we work. realized it was like 20 episodes like that's too much work so we ultimately settled on the idea of we get to pick our favorite single episode from every series do we i guess we should have i should have asked this question before do we both have to agree on a single episode or can we both have our own i think in episodes? this case it's okay to have different episodes okay because we're not we're not trying to build a like watch list necessarily and even if we do it's we we each get what like five or six episodes Mm -hmm. i think that's fine i I think in this case we can just pick our our favorites and i'm going to allow multiple parts yes as one yeah the caveat of that being it actually has to be an episode broken up into two parts two or more parts with the same name thus the four-part cadmus finale cannot count because they are independently named episodes, even if they are an ongoing story. Yes, I'm fine with that. I like that rule. All right. Um, I actually did not write my list. Ah. Uh, I was going back and like refreshing all of our short lists. So we have them. But I will figure it out as we go. Okay. So uh, so in that being the case, Cameron, why don't you lead us off with our Batman, the animated series short list. Uh, we will be covering new Batman adventures separately. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been pretty vocal about this over the past five years. There's one episode for me that always stands out. Mm-hmm. It is my favorite. It is my favorite villain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is one of my favorite introductions of a villain. And it is, if you're so smart, why aren't you rich? I think that is a goddamn excellent pick. Mm-hmm. That is also one of my all-time favorite episodes. Yeah. Uh, I talked about it then. Talk about it again now. I had it on VHS as a, as a two-parter <laughs> with Riddler's Reform. Yep. I had it on hit clips. Yep. <laughs> I had to watch it in 30 second bursts. Yep. Um, I, I wholeheartedly endorse your choice of, oh, if you're so smart, why aren't you rich? I'm. There's so many good ones. I am. I am deeply torn on this one, actually, because that just because I watch it so often as a kid and I think it is a brilliantly constructed episode. That is one of my all time favorites. I think maybe just for the sake of a little bit of diversity in our opinions, and because I remember this episode being very um, emotionally impactful for me, I'm going to go with Robin's Reckoning parts one and two. Yes. I had a feeling you were going to pick that. I And you know what? It's funny because I do not remember that episode as well as I do the, that other episode, because again, I've seen that one probably more than I've seen any of the other episodes. But I remember really loving it on our revisit. Um, and I mean, I always love Dick Grayson and not just cause he has the best ass in comics that helps. And he doesn't yet in the show. He doesn't so. yet in the show. He's not yet in Nightwing. Yeah. Um, but he is a child, Chris. No, he's, he's in college and on the flashbacks. I'm not talking about the flashbacks. <laughs> I'm talking about him as Robin when he's an adult in mm-hmm. college, which honestly at this point is still too young for me. I'm like, what, what do I do with a fucking 21 year old? I mean, he's not even 21. Yeah, I'm sure he's 21. I think he's 18. I think he's in the dorms. Okay, fine. He's 18 at least, but even then, what would I do with it? It's too yeah. young. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and he's in a relationship, Chris. Yeah, but that's not a real, that's, that's a weird fucked up relationship, him with Barbara. Like, I mean, like, there, the thing is, there's so many great ones to pick from. I mean, I think most people probably pick Heart of Ice, mm-hmm. which I think is great, but I think it, it 
set the tone and the template for that series going forward. But I don't think it's the best episode. I agree. Because I think it's, you know, as, as many controvers- Batman controversies go, Mr. Freeze is not a villain. Yeah. And they, they treat him like a villain. And he doesn't get the same treatment that I think the other mentally challenged villains deal with. Like, he, like Ventriloquist gets a button because yeah. he's damaged. Yeah, he, he gets to live a happy life. And Mr. Freeze does not get that same treatment. No, he he, he has to get a snow globe though. He has to get a snow globe. Yeah, I mean it's it's a beautiful episode, but I, I yeah. yeah I think I think good picks, good picks for both of us. Mm-hmm. All right, <clears throat> new Batman adventures. Yes, uh, I assume we have the same one because you you made me like this episode more than any other episode. Go ahead and let's see if it's true. Over the edge. Yep, hundred percent. Yeah, we had a long debate on that when we had we did a very similar version of this. Um, with the Watchtower database and the guys at DC Review, a long, long debate about this. We tried so hard to keep this in as one of the all-time great episodes. And they, oh, I forgot they did nix it. They didn't. They ultimately nix it because it's mostly a fantasy sequence. But I, that doesn't matter. I think yeah. it reveals so much about character, and I think the the reveal at the end is not diminished by being a fantasy sequence because the emotional climax happens in the real world. Mm-hmm. It's like it's a beautiful episode. I it's again it's one that makes me tear up every time. Um, but again, we're talking about many, so many great options to choose from. I mean, Growing Pains, it's a great episode with the, the little clay, clay face kid. Yep. Old Wounds is incredible. Um, Legends of the Dark Knight, Girls Night Out, Mad I do love. love Legends of the Dark Knight, yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. I think there are, Justice League and Limited Seasons 1 and 2 are like, I think the best seasons. But I mean, that new Batman Adventures, I think that's some of the best storytelling, but. All right, yeah, agreed. And my favorite character design. Yeah. I think everyone that season looks so good. Agreed. Uh, all right, this one's going to be a little bit trickier, I think. Superman. Yeah, I have three. I think I know which one is my favorite of the three, but I'm stuck between Main Man, Speed Demon, and Mixie's Pixelated. Oh, Mixie's Pixelated. And I think I got to go with, let's see. Mixie's Pixelated? Mm-hmm. That is a, a really solid shout. I mean, it's weird because it's, like, so different than every other episode in the series, but it's brilliant. I think that's why it's so good. It's brilliant. Uh... I can't pick the Titano episode, can I? No, absolutely not. <laughs> it's not on our short list, so I think you you made me keep it off there, you bastard. Yeah. Ruining my heart. Very rarely do I put my foot down. Ruining my heart. Okay. Ah, uh, This... I feel like this is kind of a cheat. You finale or, or pilot? World's finest. Uh, that pilot? No, world's finest it's is the Batman finale. crossover. Oh, okay. It like it's kind of a cheat because it's not. I mean, there's still Superman episodes at the end of the day. But I think like if in terms of my favorite episode that ha- like episodes that happen within this series, I think it's got to be that. I think that's still the best interact like the best meeting and team up of batman and superman yet on screen yeah i'm fine with that so and that's also when we are introduced to if i remember correctly introduced to roxy rocket no i think she was no 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 she was in a previous episode of new batman adventures and you're thinking of nighttime i am thinking of nighttime you're thinking of nighttime yes Yes. but i do love roxy rocket where where batman goes missing yes um okay next up batman beyond this one was tough for me. This one is kind of tough, mm-hmm. actually. Uh, I, again, I'm stuck between a couple. Yeah. Uh, Dead Man's Hand. When, it's the first intro of the Royal Flush Gang, right? Yes, when, when Terry dates Ace. Ten. Ten, Ten. sorry. Yep. yep. Uh, 
The Call? I don't remember which that episode is. Why did I write that one down? Uh, that is the Justice League episodes. Oh, right. That's a, those are pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, uh, or a- even Rebirth. I think it's, Re- it's probably the best pilot. Rebirth is great. Ace in the Hole. Which one's that again? The one with Ace, where the Ace is missing. We get the history you, of Ace. You like that episode more than I like okay, that episode. Okay, sorry. I like the episode more than you did. Um, what are you going to go with? I might go with Rebirth. Looks solid. Yeah. Absolutely it, solid. It, it's such a strong pilot. It really, it really sets is. sets up the world so well. And it's the first time you get the Matrix intro. Oh, my God. Oh, the great Darwin Cook intro. Yep. That, that look, Rob can't argue. Zombie. Did Rob Zombie do the, the song? I don't think so. It sounds like a Rob it Zombie. It does sound like Rob Zombie. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm having a hard time with this one. I, I, am, I am down to Dead Man's Hand. Mm-hmm. And meltdown, the Mister Freeze episode. Okay, that that one it, it's not as memorable for me. Okay, I love that episode. I, I I like, I love it because I think it's it's one of the few and one of the best times we get a legacy villain come back around. Um, I love that it really highlights the difference between Bruce and Terry in terms of their approach as crime fighters. But my God, Dead Man's Hand has George Lazenby in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, we we can both agree the best is Return of the Joker, and that's a, yeah. That that's the problem is it, like the the movie trumps yeah. the show on an absurd level, right? And, and not to the same level of discrepancy, but for me, Phantasm is the same thing. Phantasm is the best thing to come out of Vitas. Mm-hmm. My guts tell me, Dead Man's Hand. Good. I, I I need one of us to pick it. Yeah, that. Uh, which one did you do again? You did rebirth. Um, rebirth that's right. Mm-hmm. I, I realized I should actually be like marking these as we go, <laughs> which I have not been doing. Uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what my answer is. All right. We, we, <laughs> you got. I, I'm sure listeners know why we're laughing so hard because you probably know what's coming up next. The, the Zeta Project. <laughs> oh, I didn't even pick one for the Zeta Project. I I just went straight to static. We ha- we have to pick one for the Zeta Project. I can't. Um, I think I remember liking the finale of the Hologram Man. Yeah. Should we just pick that? The, the uh, season one finale when Absolute Zero. Yeah, because that's when they uh, like almost find the Doctor. Or I, I think no, I think Absolute Zero is like actually like the season two. Pi, like the season two episode one and we because we, i listened back to our our short list in that whole series and we basically decided that worked better as an actual pilot for the series than the actual pilot did mm-hmm. um hang on let me let me let me real quick bring up the zeta project episode list so oh, look, we're gonna do this cameron yep we are determined to do this so that way we can like we have five episodes on our short list we can go through real quick the episodes and so we can decide Okay, all right. So we have on here, starting off with Absolute Zero. So, oh, this is where they finally meet up with Dr. Selig. Um, and Agent Lee saves them. And she resigns. They escape. So, yeah, it's like the time they get very close to actually getting to him. So that's yeah. one. We then also have on here Wired, which is a two-parter. Um, so oh, it's, the, oh, the hackers. Beyond. Like, the hackers take over Zeta. Oh, yeah. And he's captured funny. by the NSA, and they have to go in and, like, rescue him. I've, I've forgotten all of this shit, to be honest. Lost and Found, which was... Zeta breaks down. So they have to get Bucky's help to get him fixed up. He goes in, like, to terminate mode, I think, for a little bit. Um, I don't know. I don't give a fuck about any of this stuff. Um, quality. Oh, Quality Time. That's the one where... 
um, Bennett's kid and I think Roe are like stuck on a submarine mm-hmm. and Bennett and Zeta have team up together to go. Yeah, that get, was fine. That's like the only episode we included that we included just for quality and not just for necessity. <laughs> and then the hologram man, um, that's when they actually like discover his origin. Um, yeah. And they escape. I'll, I'll stick with my answer. I'll say uh, when they almost get Dr. Selvig. Absolute zero? Yeah. Yeah, fuck it. Let's just do it. Mm-hmm. Who cares? <laughs> no one. All right. Now this one's going to be fun. Yep. Because you know my answer. I think I know your answer. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> the one of many appearances. Oh, okay. Maybe that's what I was thinking. Wait, hang on. Oh, okay. I guess we, we did not set a rule. It had to come off. It had to come from our shortlist, did we? No. Okay, fine. Go ahead then. Static Shack. <laughs> It's not really, but I just, I just had to bring to it up. To be fair, it is on our short list. So. Oh, I did fight for that one, didn't I? Because yeah. he comes back. No, he doesn't. He's so only he comes does. back in promos. <laughs> and he doesn't even come back for promos. They were just no, the promos in... from that episode. No, he'll be in, in season three of Jail You. You bastard. Uh, no, I I love Hard as Nails. It's such a good episode. It's one I remember seeing so many which, times. Which one's that one again? That's when... Uh, oh, it's Harley and Ivy? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Ooh. Mm-hmm. That one's really good. Static in Africa is so, yeah, static so in Africa. I think that's that's the one episode of Static we picked when we did that um, top five mm-hmm. with, the, with the boys. I think so, too. And yeah. then She Bang, which is the next episode. Yeah. Uh, those are so good. I... I think I'll go with Static in Africa again. Okay. That is fair. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely fair. That is... That is probably also my favorite. It's that cool shot where he's he's stuck to the bottom of the... Yeah. And, and they ride it, together. It, it really gets... It's the, the episode that most explicitly talks about Static being, like, the only black hero that he knows. And, and it does such a great job with that idea. Mm-hmm. And then kind of retcons it when he when he sees the retro hero that rides on the phone lines. Oh yeah, um Power something. Yeah. The episode's called Power Outage, I think. It's a pretty good episode. Mm-hmm. Um Is it bad that I just kinda wanna pick Future Shock because it's Batman Beyond and it's it also gives us like that brief moment of like daddy static? You're you're welcome to. <laughs> Which is well established not even be my thing, but something about that just works. Hey, I get it. I still, Static Shack is a bad episode. Yeah. But I'm still going to love it. You know, again, for, for the sake of having a little bit of diversity here, I'm going to, because I otherwise, I probably would, I would definitely would have picked Static in Africa. I think it's the best episode of the show, but um, just for my own little amusement, I'm going to throw in Future Shock. Hey, go for it. All right. Um, Justice League. Yes. This is actually kind of tough. Because I was guessing you're going to pick Starcrossed. So I wanted to pick something else. Uh, uh, so I picked Hereafter. Oh, Hereafter. Mm-hmm. It's so fucking good. Um, let me just think about this a little bit here. I mean, I really like Twilight. I really like the Savage Time. Savage Time is also really good. You get that Steve Trevor in there. Uh, you know what, but... Yeah, I have to go with Starcross. You're right. Mm-hmm. I think Hereafter is a very solid choice as well. It's so good. The, but yeah, that it's it's the one I remember that for for people who who don't have it off the top of their head like we do. 
that's the one where Superman gets zapped. Yeah. Uh, and everyone thinks he's dead, and Batman kind of loses it, trying yeah. to prove that he's not. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It, it's, it's a really touching first half and the second half is just so out there but it just also works really well Mm -hmm. like superman on earth with a red sun driving around in a big old like cadillac or whatever yeah with vandal savage vandal savage it's it's weird but it's fun those are those are solid choices okay now do we do justly limited we haven't watched all of it yet technically i think so okay um we'll we'll do kind of what where we're at okay up to now okay Mm -hmm. oh this because i'm stuck with i'm stuck between two this is pretty hard. There's some great, great shit in here. Since it is so fresh and so recent for us, do you want to pick one per season? No. Okay. Fine. We're, I'm going to sign us the challenge. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, you, you start this one. Fuck it. All right. Uh, I think I'm going to have to go with making it really hard for a foley guy in this episode i'm so sorry uh, did, oh uh, okay i'm stuck between the once and future thing and double date okay i like i remember i i do love this little this little piggy obviously i think i mostly love it because of the end piece though mm-hmm. in terms of like an actual full episode and again for the man who has everything is great but i don't necessarily i think the mongol stuff is kind of okay that, that was one of my two is man who has everything okay uh i'm just gonna pull the trigger i'm gonna go with double date okay it's yeah. fine yep uh i will go with task force x great great fucking choice mm-hmm. mm. it's so good it is so good Oh, awesome. yeah. Yeah. Good. Ooh, good choices. Good choices. Yeah. It was th- this this is hard. Cuz it's it's hard to pick I think some of the best episodes are part of larger Cadmus arcs and to pull one of them out, you kind of miss out on the rest of the storytelling around it. Um, but yeah, I but I really I love Double Date. I just love Huntress. Yeah. Actually, I love all four of them. Yeah, it's such that, a good group. Love all four. All right, we did it. You did it. We got it. Okay, so our our list here. So your favorites. Do you still have them written down, or do you mean to tell you what they were? Uh, it is. If you're so smart, why aren't you rich? Yes. Uh, Mixie's pixelated. Yep. Over the edge. Mm-hmm. Rebirth. Whatever I said for Zeta. <laughs> uh, we we cumulatively agreed <laughs> with uh, absolute zero. Yep. Uh, Static Shock slash Static in Africa. Hereafter and Task Force X. Great choice across the board. I went for Robin's Reckoning, part one and two, for Over the Edge, of course, like my favorite episode in the entire thing. Um, I then went for World's Finest, just like cheat, but I'm going to keep it. Dead Man's Hand, Absolute Zero, <laughs> Future Shack, and Starcrossed, and uh, Double Date. Great. Good, good episodes. Good for us. Really good episodes. All right, well then let's uh, let's wrap things up here with some plugs. Do what some do you, plugs. What do you got to plug this week, Cameron? Uh, there's one movie we've both seen. We won't go super in-depth because we're already at time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've seen Dune You've now. You've now seen Dune. That's right. It's wonderful. It is, it's, isn't it's it? It's so, so good. And it, I want, whenever people see it, I, I want to talk to them with them about it. Yeah, it's it's excellent. 
Part two, greenlit. Yes, which is why I went to go see it. Yeah. Um, I, I, it's, I guess they were waiting for that first weekend box office to come in, but I was like, guys, if you had probably greenlit this earlier, maybe they would have. Yeah, if you filmed it back to back, you would have saved so much money. I can under, I, well, I can kind of understand why they didn't. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. And I, I think they're very hesitant. I mean, clearly they're hesitant about the upfront investment. They weren't willing to greenlight part two until after they got the first weekend box office in. But it's doing well. Good. It's like overall doing well. And it's, I think it's just great. Yeah. It, I, I feel like I haven't been this excited for like a grand sci-fi epic kind of since Avatar, which is very sad to say. And also with this, I, I texted you about this yeah. right after. I've been a James Cameron Avatar apologist for 11 years. And seeing this movie, I, I'm upset with Avatar. Yeah, because I I could see what that movie could have been. You mean because it's garbage? It's fine. Uh, because I could because I've now seen what it could have been. Yeah, I I'm a little upset with Avatar. Yeah, it's kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's fine. But Dune's great. Dune is great. Everyone yeah. go see it. I, yeah, highly recommend going and seeing Dune. I, get on, I, get on that score. Yeah, I get think the, it's one the, of, those Hans Zimmer bagpipes. Yeah, I think it's one of the best movies this year. Probably, I would say so. Yeah, yeah I think it's up. I think it's definitely yeah, probably up there top for me. five. Yeah, I'd have to look at the the full list, but I think it's uh, it's pretty high up there for me actually. Yeah, mm-hmm. I really really enjoyed it. Just everything about it, I think is really good. It's absolutely gorgeous. Oh my god, is it gorgeous? Great performances, and again. I know Ooh, it's available. Sand was so hot. Right, all right. I know it's available on HBO Max. But but go see it in a theater. I think I'm gonna go this week and see it in IMAX. Yeah, especially like go where there's no distraction. Yeah, like if I had my because it's a movie you have to pay attention. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Uh, if you can find a screening that has subtitles, even better. <laughs> probably, for, probably for the best. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm glad you like it. You don't need subtitles. No. That, that's just our. That's preference. just us. We just prefer subtitles because yeah. we're old old men. At least one of us is. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad you really liked it, though. Yes. I, I want because, like, you know, I, obviously, I had I had started reading the book when I um, read it, and I'm I'm now about I'm almost to the point where the movie ends in the book. Okay. Um, but I have enjoyed the book more having seen the movie. That that's how I want to feel. Yeah. Is I I know there's a lot of people who read first then watch, but I feel like then you're disappointed with what's cut out. I feel like if you watch then read, yeah. it's like getting extra content. I mean, an adaptation is simultaneously a process of subtraction and addition, mm-hmm. but for the most part, you are cutting out a lot of stuff from a book. And I like going back and reading the book because then you just get more material plus you get more internal stuff you don't get out of a movie. Yeah, exactly. So I'm I'm a big book second person yeah and then, I, then i'm not then i'm not angry not so angry damn you tv mm-hmm. damn you denny villeneuve um but on the complete opposite front but also kind of similar front uh i watched the french dispatch oh that's night, right you the did. next wes anderson film and it is wonderful it's so good i went in not knowing anything mm-hmm. i think i'd seen a trailer a couple weeks ago yeah but besides that i went in blind mm-hmm. and i think that's how you should go in okay it's just a good time. I was I was telling you about it before we started recording. It's one of those movies where I got stuck in like the Wes Anderson world mentally, and I walked out of it with like Adrian Brody's voice as my inner monologue and seeing the world in like the no perfect order for a minute. Yeah. Uh, but it's good. It's it's so 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 good. I, I'm glad to hear that because I um and I'm, fucking everybody's in it. Oh I mean, holy with, shit! With him, it always is. And I, I haven't seen all of his movies, but for me, my favorite of his is the Grand Budapest Hotel, which I think is like a 
fucking masterpiece. I it it has the style. Also, like I was I was worried going in because like yeah, Grand Budapest, and also I just um I get he didn't do Midnight in Paris, but it it's a very similar vibe to his stuff. It kind of yeah. Um, I'm I was wondering like how can you make these shots better? Like Grand Budapest is beautifully shot. Yeah, and the way he films this movie, as he always says, it's always a great film. Mm-hmm. But his shots are so are so well choreographed and he almost has done no action shots. Whenever things get chaotic, he has everyone stand still and he just pans through the crowd. Oh, okay. and so it's not a still. Cause you still see them like shaking, holding like a bottle above their head. Yeah. Uh, but I just love that idea. And you see like the chaos where he has like plates hanging on strings, like they're being thrown. And it's so, it's so like weirdly quirky and it's so yeah. fun. I, I really like his style. Yeah, you, you you've seen um the Paddington movies? I have not. Seen, I've seen the first Paddington. I mean, they're both amazing, I, as I've heard. Paddington two in particular has kind of a even even more leans into a sort of Wes Anderson kind of vibe. Okay, it's really cute. Yeah, I can see Wes Anderson pulling from like a little bit of Edgar Wright in here, and I can see him pulling a little bit from um what's his face, Will uh, Woody Allen. Mm-hmm. I, mean, he, I feel like Woody Allen's always been a kind of consistent inspiration for him. But the good parts. Yeah. <laughs> the movie's not the person. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I definitely feel a little bit more like Edgar Wright inspiration in a lot okay. of these shots. Oh, that's cool. That's good mm-hmm. to know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for that one. I'm glad, I'm glad you remind me it's out. I need to go see that one. Yeah. Uh, what about you? What are you plugging for 200? Oh, my God. You have to, wait. I, uh, it has <laughs> to be a special plug because it's 200? No, it doesn't. Um, I, I was trying to get into the Halloween spirit a little bit this last week. Obviously, when this episode comes out, it'll be post-Halloween, so yes. these won't mean much to anybody. Um, but I rewatched for the first time in many years, Casper. Oh, 1996. No, four-ish. I think four. It holds up. Good. It's solid. Like, the the effects, I think because they were deliberately cartoonish when they were made, honestly, hold up pretty damn well. Um, the humor holds up. Well, for the most part, I mean, Bill Pullman's always fantastic, as is Christina Ricci. Um, I I only got for the first time the joke around the name of the house. Well, I, I haven't seen the movie in years. It's called Whipstaff. Oh, that's good. Never got that as a kid. That's good. Got it now for the first time. No, it's like it's really cute. It I, I was impressed by how well it ages. Um, yeah, maybe I'll watch it today. It's 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 honestly I mean I, I I rented it on on iTunes it's not available that I yeah, can find anywhere I... on on streaming but no it's it's like it's 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 cute it's got heart and it's it's still like pretty funny and um you know the the only joke that doesn't really hold up now is when the ghosts have taken over Bill Pullman and he goes through a series of face changes to just shoehorn a bunch of cameos and one of them is Mel Gibson it's about it it's the only thing that doesn't really hold up the rest of it honestly does actually hold up pretty well so. I I as a kid I loved Cast Me Twenty never saw that one. Uh, I, I understand it's, it's not great, yeah. but I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was one of the few times I got blockbuster privilege because at the time my mom was, was high up at blockbuster. Oh, okay. And so we got to, they, they did like, uh, early screenings for kids movies during the summer. So you got to bring your kid to work day. Mm-hmm. And then in the middle of the, cause the, the blockbuster building in, in Dallas was a couple floors, but in the middle they had a full movie theater. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, and so you got to go in the middle of the day and you got to watch these movies with your kids. No, that's, that's the only one I remember. Okay. It was Cast Me 20. We got, we saw that there. And then we stole a copy of Flubber afterwards because it hadn't been released yet on VHS. You monsters. Yep. We still have that copy. 
it still it still has the Viacom warning on top of like right. don't remove from yep. Viacom good, building. Good luck finding a place to play it. Yeah, but yeah. Wait, wasn't Flubber Disney? Yes, but it was the like blockbuster VHS. Because it oh. wasn't it wasn't out for distribution yet. We we got like an early copy. Oh, okay, I was like, why would it say Viacom on there? Because yeah, because it was blockbuster property. Oh, okay, I guess it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yeah, so I watched that, and then I watched on Disney Plus the Muppets haunted mansion how is it it's cute i'm gonna that's that's first on my list today after yeah this. it it look it is cute for me uh, muppets christmas carol is like a must watch once maybe twice a year around the holidays i love that movie so much i love the muppets in general Th- this is it's it's cute there's some genuinely really good laughs in there you know they do a pretty good job like putting in a bunch of cameos and they've like you know worked decently well and you know they did they do a nice job bridging the humor of the Muppets with the kind of like the style and tone of the Haunted Mansion ride, which makes sense because there's a, a similar kind of sort of like lighthearted fun tone there between the two of them. Um, the only thing I found like a little bit distracting is it's clearly pretty much all shot on a green screen and pretty much all of the mansion is digital. Yeah. And sometimes it's like a little too obvious. But I mean, that aside, like it actually it actually works pretty well. I liked it. It's cute. Cool. Yeah, so it's not quite Muppet Christmas Carol level, but I uh, yeah, I wasn't expecting it to. Yeah, but it's a good, it's like an hour, so it's a good yeah. like hour long. Yeah, I'll watch it while having lunch. Cheeky little distraction. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty good. Nice. But yeah, um, yeah. So if anyone is listening to this now and still feels like stretching out Halloween for a couple more days, go watch the <laughs> or jump straight into Christmas like I am. Oh yeah, I'm sure you're going ahead first. I mean, like I always do this real quick. What day do you watch Nightmare Before Christmas? I watch it once for each. Okay. So usually for I watched it uh, the first week of October, and I'll probably watch it again right after Thanksgiving. Okay. I, I For me, that's like a – I could watch it like November 1st. That's kind of like the peak thing for me. It's like mm-hmm. coming out of Halloween or heading into the holidays. I mean, that is the, the day the movie takes place. Yeah, so that's perfect. Mm-hmm. There you go. Well, good. So I yeah. have the right answer. Fantastic. I like to hear that. <laughs> I mean, subjectively – no, I think objectively. I think objectively, it's the right answer. It's, mm-hmm. it's literally the day the movie is set. That's the tone they're going for. That is the very specific seasonal. Yeah, if you, if you want to have attitude. kind of a a a Disney argument with me right now, I never want to have a Disney. We can argument have with the you conversation of un. We're not sure how time exactly works in this world. Oh fuck right off! <laughs> for a Halloween town. They only celebrate the one holiday, but then they're bringing back a second holiday for Christmas. Which, you know, it still takes 365 days, though. Four. That like a year passes in the universe of that movie. No, because they celebrate Christmas on their Christmas. Oh, that's right. Fuck it. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So it's only two month span. Whatever. I still have it right. Um, But yeah, those are plugs. Uh, But that does it for us for episode two. Hundred. Yes. Slightly special, but not that special. Yeah. It's kind of about how special we are. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but no, I mean, and we'll, like I said, we'll we'll get a little more sentimental, a little bit more involved in our, in our finale, which is coming up here in just a few months. But uh, I mean, this this is incredible. I didn't actually think we'd ever get to two hundred. Oh no, never. I, I would have thought we would have dropped off this a long, what if we just long time now? ago. I mean, I, the, the, there's an argument <laughs> made. This is the better finale for the whole universe. So now we got We got to finish it out. Yeah, we're we're so close. Yeah, we have. You just, promised me one bonus episode. I have <laughs> promised you a bonus episode, which will come out between this and when we start uh, Justice League Justice League Unlimited season three. I shan't say what it is. Oh, it'll be a delightful surprise oh, for people. It's been five years when in the making. It drops. I will let you guess. I will let people guess. <laughs> I, actually, there, here's what, well, I don't know. Is this fun or not? Should people write in and tell us what they think the bonus episode is going to be? 
Yeah, it'll be fun. Okay. It'll be fun for you because you, you read them. Right. Given how excited Cameron is about this, <laughs> I want everyone to write it and, and figure out what it is we're going to cover. Yes. So, uh, but yes, we're going to have one bonus episode before we get into Justice Unlimited, and that'll be our final season, which is pretty crazy. Right but, uh, but I mean, obviously, thank you for everyone who continues to listen and who yeah, writes in with 200 episodes. Yeah, lovely messages. Like, you know, I, mean, I think we probably would have kept going on this, but definitely having like the fun community and friends we've made out of it has uh, encouraged us to keep going here. And let's be honest, we would have given up a long time ago if we didn't feel there was actual pressure to finish. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> so it is much appreciated. Uh, but yeah, if you want to send in your projections for what our bonus episode is going to be in the next week here, you can find us at Tim Talk Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Gmail. Yes. You We're can... not saying that to get ideas. We have the idea. We have the idea. The idea, yeah. is, <laughs> the idea is set in stone. I've already made this commitment. It is literally yes. already in my spreadsheet to keep I've track of all the episodes. I've already done the research. I have not yet. That reminds me, i got to find time to do that in the next week. Mm-hmm. Fucking hell. I don't know when. Well, I don't have to watch anything this week for work, I don't think, so that helps. There you go. Yeah, because that gets challenging sometimes. <laughs> oh, what, I have to watch all of Squid Game in a weekend? Okay. <laughs> Great. Uh, and then you can find me at Lordifer on Instagram, and I'm starting to be a little more active on Twitter now. Good. So I'm trying. Nice. Yeah. Uh, if you want to see my art, you can find that at Cameron.Dexter. I posted my one inktober drawing you did i was very impressed thank you it's pokemon themed of course it is uh and if you want to see my face uh and my non-halloween activities you can find that at cam dexter underscore adventures boom 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 all right well thanks everyone we'll be back next week with a bonus episode yes and then back the following week with justice league unlimited season three episodes one and two which will be i am legion and shadow of the hawk much to look forward to there. Uh, but until then, thanks everybody and uh, bye bye. Thanks guys. Oh man. Can't wait to not do that anymore. Yes, I am. <laughs>